This is Hoosier Ag Today in the morning podcast on Monday, the 23rd of January, 2022. I'm Andy Eubank with the latest Indiana farm news, plus markets and weather coming up. The Hat Podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Coming up in the news, Eric Pfeiffer on the new WOTUS being called an attack on agriculture. C.J. Miller explains a new dual degree program from Huntington University and Purdue. And Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says more typical January weather is coming up this week. Brian Basting also checks in to analyze the Friday markets on the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. Another lawsuit filed on WOTUS and Huntington University teaming up with Purdue. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today, an attack on farmers and ranchers. That's what the National Cattlemen's Beef Association is calling the new Waters of the U.S. rule that was published in the Federal Register last week by the Environmental Protection Agency. The lack of certainty in this final rule that subjecting a lot of features to case-by-case determinations really means that, that we're not any better off than we started. And that's NCBA Chief Legal Counsel Mary Thomas Hart who adds that the rule lacks common sense. NCBA has joined Farm Bureau, the National Corn Growers Association, and other farm and builders groups in filing a lawsuit in federal court against the EPA. Hart says the Biden rule does exempt some farm features like drainage ditches, stock ponds, and prior converted farmland, but not those like streams that only flow when it rains. But why a lawsuit now, when the Supreme Court may narrow the definition of WOTUS when it rules in Sackett versus EPA here in a few months? One of the biggest reasons we filed the lawsuit is to hold off implementation of the rule until we hear back from the Supreme Court. You know, halt the rule until we're able to argue the merits of the case. And then obviously we'll fight to get the rule vacated permanently. Over 1,700 cattle producers last year sent messages to the EPA opposing the agency's sweeping definition of WOTUS. But Hart says they obviously didn't listen. Producers across the country are going to be required to spend a lot of money to figure out if they need additional permits, if they're going to be subject to enforcement. That is is not at all what, what farmers and ranchers need to, to have to spend their money on. Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval issued a statement saying the new WOTUS rule again gives the federal government sweeping authority over private lands and creates uncertainty for farmers even if they're miles from the nearest navigable water. At this point, the new WOTUS rule will go into effect on March 20th. Huntington University is teaming up with Purdue to launch a new dual-degree program in vet nursing and animal health. 
C.J. Miller has more. To my knowledge, this is the only program across the country like this. And that's Nate Perry with Huntington University talking about a brand new major that's being offered as part of a partnership with Purdue University. It'll be a dual degree, a concurrent degree offered at the exact same time where our students will earn a, uh, an associate in applied science and vet nursing from Purdue, delivered digitally to our students while on campus while they're earning their bachelors of science in animal health. So uh, these students will be uh, fully involved for, you you know, all four years on campus, going to our chapels, being a part of our campus community, but having these wonderful uh, experts from Purdue that will be able to teach these courses in vet nursing while our students are earning their dual degree in this Bachelor of Science in Animal Health. He says Huntington University has a new facility to help students get hands-on experience while earning this dual degree. Two of our spaces, specifically the Don Strauss Animal Science Education Center, uh, right there on campus, Million Dollar Animal Science uh, Center. That space will be where not all our, our animal science students spend time, but then also our vet nursing students will be able to do some of their work, their mentorships, and hone their skills on campus. We also have a cattle operation in Whitley County, uh, about 15 minutes from campus that we're operating, and then whatever we can't fill, uh, you know, we'll, we'll use some of the area of vet clinics. We'll be able to do some of those same types of work there. Nate says Huntington University's Ag Studies program has grown significantly in a short amount of time. We started the program eight years ago, and here we are eight years later, and we are uh, the fourth largest department on campus and nearly 35 graduates. Now they're out impacting our world uh, for Christ and, and as a Christian college, that's something we wanna lead with. You know, you see our motto, the faith family farming. And really that's been part of the growth is we have a lot of families that that resonates exactly with them. Uh, they want their son or daughter to be at a place that takes their faith seriously, much like they do. And to be able to do that at an institution where we talk about agriculture. To learn more about Huntington University's new vet nursing and animal health dual degree program with Purdue, visit Huntington.edu slash agriculture. I'm C.J. Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Who's your ag today? Indiana's Farm Network. Winter attempting to make a comeback across the eastern Corn Belt this week. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Let's take a look at that Who's your ag today? Indiana farm forecast. We did see some on-again, off-again sloppy wet snowflake action yesterday. And that was just a little bit of priming the pump, in my opinion. The moisture moved through without any major consequence. We should be mostly dry today. May see a few flurries in a couple of spots far north. But other than that, no new precipitation. Same story for tomorrow. We stay cool. I don't think we're brutally cold by any stretch, but getting back closer to what we would expect for late January temperatures. Our next weather system shows up on Wednesday. Rain and snow, actually probably more snow than rain, comes into far southwest Indiana near or just after midnight tomorrow night and then continues to spread across the state through the day Wednesday, wrap around backside moisture on Thursday. At this point, I feel comfortable saying three to six inches of snow across the Hoosier State, and I also think that somewhere in central to southern Indiana, we can see some eight-inch snows. There's going to be a very minor band in there that could be slightly higher than that three to six range, but I'm comfortable that a good 90% of the state falls at least within that three to six inch snow band here. The models have been in good agreement on this. The track of the low has not wavered over the course of the past 24 to 36 hours. So I'm starting to lock this thing in for all of the state at midweek. We get behind this and we are chilly then as we move into the later part of the week 
Thursday afternoon, Friday. Our next round of moisture, I think, will probably try to come together as we move through the later weekend. So not so much uh, Friday night, early Saturday, but Saturday into Sunday. I think we have to deal with some on-again, off-again light snow possibly seeing rain work into this as well over at least the central and southern part of Indiana. Liquid equivalencies don't look great anywhere from a tenth to probably four tenths of an inch, but it's still enough to make a little bit of a mess. Monday then is dry. Tuesday, Wednesday, a little bit of instability leading to likely some snows overnight Tuesday night into next Wednesday. That's the turn of the month. February 1st is Wednesday. We follow that up with, I think, plenty of clouds to finish the week and temperatures that likely reset and try and move back down for the first weekend in February. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. Be ready for a little bit of a mess here at Midweek this week. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. No traction for corn and soybean futures. A little bit of gain in the wheat market. This is Hoosier Ag Today's Friday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank, and we'll check the settlements shortly. This update is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Visit them in the North Wing at the National Farm Machinery Show, and they'll even give you a price list. Value, knowledge, performance. It's in their genetics. The markets were mixed to end the week. We have, first up, market analysis, which I secured in the middle of Friday trade from Brian Basting at Advanced Trading. Brian, pretty quiet when you look at corn and soybeans and a bump in the Chicago wheat futures market. Let's first take a look back at the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday shortened week, four full days of trade when it's all over, and some bounces here and there, some losses here and there. What do you make of the week overall? As you said, it was a, a bouncy week, for lack of a better phrase, Andy, but but generally to the downside, we had a change in the, the weather trends in Argentina primarily affecting the corn and bean market. A wetter pattern emerged late week. Uh, quite a bit of rain emerged overnight in the southern part of the growing region, Thursday night into Friday. And more rain is forecast next week, Andy. So that took an edge off the soybean market and the corn market this week. Um, we did see some encouraging export sales report news on Friday. That was delayed today, of course, due to the holiday. But uh, going into the major USDA report there on uh, January 12th, there was quite a bit of end-user coverage. So we saw some good export sales of wheat, uh, good export sales, really good export sales of corn, and some some decent export sales of beans and, and uh, meal. So it looks like some of those end-users took advantage of the opportunity or at least maybe uh, got positioned ahead of those reports on January 12th. So, But overall, I'd say it was a choppy week, but with a downward bias because of the change in the weather trends in Argentina. As you said, the export sales decent in soybeans, plus there was a flash sales announcement as well on Friday morning. But overall, not enough to uh, push that market higher. Again, Argentine weather, the primary determining factor. I believe so. We're looking at uh, at a, a, a critical time here, I would say, from now to March 1st. Maybe extend that a bit into March, but basically during the pod set and pod fill stage, those beans in, in Argentina are in the blooming stage now. They're not really in that critical stage, which they'll enter in February. But if the market senses that there will be a change in the trend of the weather, of course, we saw some historical dryness develop, as your listeners are aware of, that, that latter stages of 2022 and now we're looking at maybe, underline the word maybe, a change to a wetter pattern. And that would certainly alter the, the production prospects for Argentina. But it's too early to say. Uh, obviously, in any type of drought, you're going to have some rain. 
But uh, whether or not this is a change in trend, we'll just have to wait and see. Back on the corn market and the fact that you mentioned the export sales report Friday was really good. Does that portend any kind of trend, possibly? I would not go that far yet, and here's why. I think historically, if you look back at the export sales patterns prior to the January 12th report or prior to those January reports from the USDA, just because they, they carry so much weight in the market, you have an updated production estimate, you have an updated supply demand report and a grain stocks report that often, not every year, but often an, an end user will come in and get some sales on the books prior to that report just in case we were to see a bullish reaction, for example, in response to those reports, which we have in some years. So what we want to see for, to, to confirm any type of change in the trend would be three, four weeks of, of consistently good uh, 750,000 tons, million ton sales, which confirms a change, a switchover, if you will, to U.S. origin. For the time being, I'm not ready to go there yet. We could be talking about the impact on the grain and oilseed markets by the outside markets, the U.S. dollar index, equities, metals, crude oil, but they also have been rather uneven, bouncing around here and there, hard to predict, too. Yeah, sometimes we have to be patient this time of year, Andy. As your listeners know, we get into these these January, February doldrums, for lack of a better word, not necessarily in the markets. Markets can be can be volatile, but you're, you're kind of searching for news. You're not in a... a, a time period, with the exception of Brazil, I would remind your listeners, and of course, Argentina, as I mentioned a moment ago, we're getting to the Brazil weather market for corn, more so into in March and April, as, as that crop begins to, to mature and get into pollination and so forth. But but otherwise, the market kind of has a tendency to, to search for news and kind of kind of hitch its wagon, if you will, to, to one one item, and, and I wouldn't read too much into it. You can, you can get into a little bit of trouble if you try to analyze the markets too too closely in January and February. Okay, but we'll keep trying to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. That's, we, we will that's just, what the markets are. They'll trade every day. And, but we, I just remind your listeners just to, that, that there's quite a bit of noise, for lack of a better phrase, to use. And you really need to tune out that noise in your marketing path. Economist Brian Basting at Advanced Trading. Brian's number 309-664-2314. More numbers now. The Friday settlements. A penny lower. March corn, 676 and a quarter Friday. May settled down a quarter cent at 674 and a half. July 663 and a half up a quarter cent. Eight and a quarter lower. March soybeans 1506 and a half. May contract 1501 and three quarters. Nine and three quarters down. And July a dime and three quarters off going to 1493. March wheat in Chicago seven cents up 741 and a half. The meats were higher all day long. April live cattle settling at 159.92 up 80. And April lean hogs. 8572 gaining a dollar 32. I'm Andy Eubank with the Friday Farm Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today? Timely, relevant, credible.